You're listening to Awakening with Rabbi Ami Silver on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Ami as he shares from the wellsprings of Jewish spiritual teaching and practice and guides us on a path of healing, transformation, and awakening to experiencing the divine. We began last week looking at some of the Baal Shem Tov's central teachings about tefillah, and uh, specifically what's, what's called in the, in the world of Hasidut, Avodat Otiot. Baal Shem Tov taught that when we learn, when we daven, our avod is primarily with the letters of Torah and tefillah. That comes before the words. And we talked about it, looked at it from a lot of different angles last time, but um, suffice it to say that when you're relating to letters, you're touching something very elemental, and you're interacting with something before it already takes on the sort of prefab meaning and understanding that you've conceptually fixed in your mind, which when it comes to something like tefillah, which we say the same words over and over and over and over and over again, those words have been so frozen in our consciousness, the meanings have been so frozen in our consciousness that truth is for most people when we go into it, like the autopilot mode is not even to be paying attention to words, much less letters. So the letters, it's, it's really a way of kind of slowing down, not only slowing down our attention, but breaking down what we're doing to bring us into very close contact to something that's taking place in the here and now. <clears throat> Just as an aside, one of my personal preferences is to daven with those really kind of normal sidurim, like tefillat kolpeh, I think it's called, because they have the letters in the beginning. Sometimes I come to show, I like to open it first and just look at the letters for a little bit before before I start davening. Just, just the Aleph Bet you talking about? Just the Aleph Bet. Because they have them printed in the, the page. Yeah, the page in the front, it just shows you all the Aleph Bet. It's like, great, uh-huh. you get to start start uh-huh. at the beginning, you know, and uh, we're, yeah. we're not going to get there today. I don't know if we will ever get there, but uh, the... If you look kind of more deeply into the to the writings of, of the Mekubalim, the Kavanot Ha'ari, around Tefillah, when we're engaging in Tefillah, we're basically going back to re-engaging with the very process of creation from the beginning of of, uh, of reality itself and the and the recreation of our very beings and selves. So this is a this is one way that everybody can just kind of contact that in a very simple and accessible way. Okay, we saw a lot last week. I'm not going to rehash all of that. Um, <clears throat> I'd like us to focus this week on, on a Torah from Rabbi Nachman. Um, but before we do that, I'm going to read one keta from Rav Kook. The truth is that this entire you know series of shirim or learning about tefillah every week we could instead have just spent the entire year learning Rav Kook's Hakdama to, to his parish on the Siddur, to Olad Riyya, um, because it in itself is just a opening to worlds upon worlds of, of tefillah, both in terms of understanding what it is and also Al-Derech Avoda to help guide us to, to, how, to how to engage with it. Um, but um, So I'll read one small, small piece, which really won't do it justice, but it's something I, I want to share. So in, in Rav Kook's, I don't have this printed for you, so just listen. In Rav Kook's uh, introduction to his commentary on the Siddur, um, he has an opening section called Hatfilah Hamat Medet the constant prayer of the soul. And um, the third paragraph here, here's what he says. Hatfilah mevakeshet mehaneshama et tafkida. Tfilah requests, demands from the soul its tafkid, its purpose, its Roll. Before I move on to the second sentence, that itself should kind of make us pause. Because, conventionally speaking, I thought Tfilah is asking something of God. I thought Tfilah is me asking God to do something in the world, in my life, to intervene, to change things around. Fuk says, Tfilah is asking something of, of your soul. 
which if you come back to some of the things we've been discussing from the very first shiur, the word lehit palel is a reflexive verb. It is an activity that we are doing within ourselves. Lehit palel. It's not lefalel. It's not an outward directed action. It's something internal. That's asking something from our are we not asking something from ourselves? Yes. Well, that's what you said, right? Yeah. Hatfila manashamayat tafkida. Tfila demands, requests, begs the soul. Begs the soul for her purpose. When days and years pass without tefila, that is a focused, engaged, mechuvan tefila. Mitkabtim balev avnei negev rabim. Many um, stones. Of Negev, uh, there must be a better word for this in English. Obstructing stones gather in the heart. When when there hasn't been tefillah bechavanah for a long time, so these stones clog up the heart. And through these stones that gather in the heart, we begin to feel from them an inner heaviness of spirit. Like this, the soul, the the heart gets blocked up with these stones, and the spirit kind of gets heavy and weighed down from that. And when the spirit of goodness, the good spirit, returns, and the gift of tefila is given from above, from beyond, which already Rav Kook is saying that we do all we can. In our avoda, but it's also to really connect in tefillah as a gift, a gift that that is given to us from from beyond ourselves. Holchim bechol tefillah umit panim otam hamichsholim v'hasikurim harabim. We go and can walk and continue with each and every prayer after when this and the spirit is restored to us. When our spirit is restored, every prayer opens and clears away some of those obstacles. V'hasikurim harabim and the many dams. Those dams that have been collected in the flowing stream of the higher soul of life. Those dams, those obstacles, those rocks are removed. <clears throat> so far, the image of Cook is saying is that the, the, the neshama in its being is something that's connected to a powerful flow, a stream that's streaming from its source. And, and when, when we are not engaging in fila kara'ui, in a fila that's, that's connective, so that flow, that stream gets, gets obstructed, gets blocked which then causes us to be happy, and then the tefillah that is restorative is, is opening up those those blocked passageways and, and letting life flow through us again. Which he's describing one particular thing, but if we take that image, to, to well, well then what according to this is tefillah? What does tefillah look like when it's aligned? So tefillah sounds like from here is somehow plugging into that stream of life that's flows through our spirit, through our being, through our soul. And and, and experiencing that in a in a life life supportive way. We'll come back to that. And together with that ascension of the soul, with the soul being elevated, perked up, woken up, lifted up a little bit more, which rises up with each tefillah according to the um, quality of its of its time, of where it is in the, in the process. There are achuzim yiduim, 
sort of you can you can notice the degree. This literally means known percentages. <laughs> it's, it's poetry. There's there's a noticeable degrees of of this restorative energy come to get, come through to heal that which had been lacking in the past. Meaning all of this experience, this time of passage of blockage of, of a kind of heaviness and uh, kind of the soul feels feels a little dead. I feel a little kind of weighed, weighed down. So as tefillah becomes once again a place where I can experience that, that flow of life, so then that time of blockage of the past is healed bit by bit. Which is also a beautiful image here. There's like a continuity to, it's almost like my soul's biography. I experience my soul's biography through my life of prayer. And you can think about that in terms of like, you know, we think of tefillah as like, I do this right now, I did tefillah this morning. But but what if tefillah is like an entire day? What if what if I view tefillah as something I engaged in over the course of a day? Shachrim and Khamari. According to the Mukubalim, your tefillah in the morning is actually based on what happened the night before. What if tefillah is already a continuity of of my experience of of ending one day and, and, and beginning the next one. What if I viewed my tefillah from last Shabbos to, to this Shabbos? From Rosh Hashanah until now? From my Bar Mitzvah till now? From whenever I started saying Hebrew words till now? From before I knew Hebrew words till now? Like if, if tefillah is actually a sort of misgera, a sort of framework for interacting with the flow of our lives, so... We can also kind of approach it with this broad biographical lens. Like here I am walking into my stream of life once again, together with everything that's brought me here and, 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 and where I'm going and where I am right now. And so Surah Cook is, is describing in a tefillah that opens after a tefillah of being clogged as something that's actually healing this time that we've kind of been not talking so much, <laughs> me and my soul, you know, not experiencing each other in, in closeness. You always ask the best questions, Michal. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, because I, I hear what you're saying, yeah. and, and, and I get that impression. Okay, well, there's different ways, you know, we could... Answer that. First of all, on a very simple way, tefillah is an activity that I do. Any activity I do is not the totality of who and what I am. Some activities are more reflective of my being. If you wrote a memoir, Michal, and we read your memoir, we would feel like we know you. But you clearly are much more than the words on that on the page there. However, you would be sharing more of your life in a memoir than when you buy oranges at the shop. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that uh, that I can I can define it for you. I will say this: that David Amalek says that he says Anitvila. David says I am prayer. That is a level of saturation with self and tefillah through which his entire, he recognizes his entire being is, is actually expressed in that way and experienced in that way. And maybe at its core is that, you know, we, we, can, we, we can say that we are living prayers, but that's not necessarily um, the only way to define it. But it's a good way to define it too. <laughs> okay. Um, but sorry to say or hopeful to say or it's just realistic to say that lack that that it doesn't get taken away in one moment it doesn't all happen at once you might think oh I want to restore everything at once no it's not all at once but it continues to be filled. It continues to be more and more um, filled in. And the light, the bright shining light of tefillah 
continues to uncover and reveal her lights. I just realized my awesome daughter Novea is here. Both of both both Novea both both your and Sohar's names are in this keta we just learned. Both my daughter our daughter's <laughs> names are in this uh, paragraph Novea and Sohar. No, no, Rav Cook is uh, smiling right now. <coughs> um, and here, here, you know, Rav Cook famously doesn't quote his uh, doesn't quote his makarot that he brings. People have done big avodas to try to you know cite sources through all his writings because he's obviously drawing from all of Torah, of all of its all of its levels. But the last line, Hatzohar that shining light of tefillah, continues to to reveal its light. So that is has to be. Einai has to be directly um, an extension from what we saw as the Baal Shem Tov's central teacher on Tefillah of Tzohar Tafsevateva, the Baal Shem Tov who taught that we have to allow our letters and words of Torah and Tefillah to shine. Right? Hashem told Noah, put a Tzohar on your ark. The Baal Shem Tov says that Tzohar is, is a lashon of, of or, of light, and a Teva means a, uh, doesn't only just mean an ark, it means a, a word. And that the words and letters of prayer, we have to give them space to shine and be unfurled. So, really that, that Rav Kook is, is applying that idea in the way that he's speaking here. And in particular, if we go even further, we saw the Baal Shem Tov basically said that it's not, how do you make the letters of tefillah shine? It's by attaching your, the, your, your whole being to them. It's by putting, Right, Hashem told Noach, "Come, you, everything you have, your entire home, bring it all into the into the into the ark." So the Bashem says, "We we have to put our energy, our, our our physical senses and 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 energy, our 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 emotions, our our concerns, our our awareness, the totality of our lives, everything that we care about. We have to bring ourselves into these letters and these words, and, and let them so the so the what gives it its light." What gives it its light? What gives it its light is, is the kind of union between me, my soul, and, 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 and these words on the page, and these letters that, that compose words. But, but it, it's not alive if I don't, if I don't infuse it with, with soul. So that's on, on one foot, the, the Baal Shem Tov's path of tefillah. Every Rebbe after him is developing and, and, and articulating in their own ways. Um, that said, I want us to look at uh, one Torah from Rabbi Nachman, um, in a particular way that Rabbi Nachman um, describes this avoda of davening with, with letters. So if you can each take a sefer if you'd like, or just listen long. we're in Lukutim Moran Chalik Aleph, Torah Samechei, which uh, begins with the words, Vayomer Boaz Elavut. And we're going to start, we're going to start in paragraph Bet, it's always chaval to cut any part of Rabbi Nachman's Torah because it's all kind of interwoven with itself. But this is what we're going to do today. We're in uh, in Torah Bet in um, paragraph Bet. Let me show you where it is in these in these pages. Yeah, but I'm going a little bit down. Kikol. We're about ten lines down. Where's the back of the page? Kikol. You see that? You have it back there? Oh, yeah. Kikol. Okay? Okay. <coughs> so, Menachman says like this. That's here? That's here. Yeah. Yeah. Kikol. Kikol. Kikol dibur vidibur hu olam maleh. Because each and every utterance, everything that we speak and say is an entire universe. Which already, that's what the Baal Shem Tov wrote to Rav Gershon Kittifer in his famous letter, that he's like, Zeyani Yodea, this says clear to me that in every letter and word of Torah, there's Olamot, Neshamot, and Elohut, there are universes and realms and realms and souls and, and divinity. When a person stands to Davin and is speaking words of, of tefillah so that then they are collecting and gathering sprouts and flowers and beautiful lilies. 
that the process of speaking words in tefillah is, it's like you're gathering a bouquet of flowers. You're picking flowers. Well, I was going to say, when's, did, when's the last time you just went out to to the park and picked some flowers? Okay. What does it What does it mean to walk walk through a garden or a field and pick some flowers? You're taking your beautiful uh, items that uh, Hashem produced. You're taking beautiful items, but think about what kind of state you're in when you're walking you're through a field picking flowers. You're in a harmonious state. Well, first of all, it's, plus, it, plus you, it feels plus good, right? It makes me smile just to think about it. Um, Happy state. There's something joyous to it, but it's also you're just looking around. You're walking around, taking in what's in front of you. And when you see something beautiful, you just, you let its beauty permeate you. And if you have the gall to pick a flower here in Medina Israel, it's not so simple to pick a flower. <laughs> you pick the flower, you say, I, I want you. I'm going to keep you. You know, it used to be impossible to, to not impossible, it would take three times as long to walk um, especially my younger daughter to Gan because we'd walk through parts of Gan soccer and she would just go on to Ulim looking for flowers and it's like she would pick a flower you didn't even know it's a flower it's like a tiny little it looks like just a little grass and if you look closely I mean these very little these little petals and they have these little glistening dewdrops on them and she would just look and, and want it and like a collective okay every time we went to Gan so Rabbi Nachman says every word is a universe and when you're speaking these words you're collecting all sorts of beautiful little smachim, these little plants, these little flowers. Like a person walking through a field and gathering beautiful roses and lilies and flowers one to one, taking one and putting it together with the one you just took and then taking another one and adding it. And, and creating a bouquet together. Until you make a, a, an aguda, a bundle, a bouquet. And then you go and you pick another one and add it to another one. And you make a second bunch of flowers. And then you take the bunch you had before and this new one, you put them together. And you can, in this way, walk through and continue to collect bunches upon bunches of beautiful flowers. So to a person walks in their tefillah from one letter to the next. Until a number of letters come together, and each letter is like one little flower. And when they're joined together, you have a word. The word is a bouquet. And that word has all different colors and shapes and, and fragrances to it. And when all those colors are together, it looks in a very particular way. And no two bouquets, even if they're the same species, look the same. <clears throat> Oh, sorry. So before the Rebbe Nachman's not even to a word yet. He's he's just on a dibur, on a sound that comes out of your mouth. You put together letters in tefillah. Each sound, each movement of your the vibrations in your in your your throat and your air and your muscles and your mouth is like a flower. And when it comes out together as a sound, so ah, there's some kind of fragrant bouquet. Coming, coming out, and then you gather, you gather together complete words in this way. And then you put together two different words. You said baruch, and then you said ata. And you, when you walked slowly through each one of those, collecting uh, flowers from the field, so they come together. Now, so so the bet of baruch was its own experience of, of walking through the field. When you get to the Reish and the Vav and the Chet and you make a word, so that's its own process. And then once you have that, you go and collect the next letters and then you put those two together and then you have a whole new entity. You see that it's like it exponentially builds upon itself. 
And you continue to collect and gather and bring things together until you complete an entire bracha. Then you continue more and more gathering and collecting. You move from the brachot of Avot into the bracha of Gvurot. Right, the second bracha of the Amidah. And from, from the particular colors and fragrances and flavors of the, the experience of the bracha Gvurot, you move into Kedusha. And you continue to extend into the next. You remember how we, we, we saw that Rav Kook is talking about tefillah as like a, a thread, like a biographical thread. So here Rabbi Nachman is saying that the, the process of one prayer itself is something that is a continuous process. You started at Avot, but you're continuing to walk there into the next one. And, and in each stage, you're adding more flowers to the ones that you've collected so far. Who can can possibly um, give give the proper properly glorify the incredible beauty and glory of these bunches, these gatherings, these coming together's, these collections? That a person gathers and collects through their words of tefillah. And when the speech, right, we're all, after all, what we're talking about here is just saying words, speaking words from our mouths, when the words come out, and it not only emits from your mouth, but from the nefesh, right? There is soul, there is self, there is vitality. My own being is is giving life to these words. That's where they're coming from, from within me. Right? It says in in, in Breshit, with the crea- creation of Adam, that God breathes into Adam the nishmat chayim, the, the soul of life, Vayi Adam, the nefesh chaya, Adam became a living soul. So what does is, what is Uncle say nefesh chaya means, a living soul? L'ruach mimalala. That divine soul breathed into Adam is transformed into a ruach mimalala, a speaking spirit. What is a human being with a soul? A speaking spirit. Medaber, that's right, in, in terms of the, the kind of classic uh, classifications of forms of life, there's Domen Tzamechai Medaber, a human being is a speaker. But we're talking here not just speaking because we have, because we're smart. We're talking speech because there's something of the divine in us that we can express through speech, the way that God ex- is expressed through speech in creation. That there's ruach Elohim that turns into speech, that, that turns into being in creation. So we have ma'in that. We have a, a micro, micro version of that. And when these words then come from that place inside of us, from just our, 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 ourselves and our being, and that those words, that speech, reaches my ears. I hear it. I listen. I hear. I take in my the speech of my soul. Is this the Dafyomi? Are any of you in Dafyomi? I'm not in Dafyomi. Is it at 15 today? We're around there. Brachot Tedvav. Hear. Hashma loznecha. It's a beautiful phrase. Hashma is like a command. Make listen. Make listen to your ears what you emit from your mouth. There's an active listening that's being described. This is Chazal's instructions for tefillah. To consciously let those words that we speak permeate our hearing and our our incest. Take it back in. Take in what you're saying. 
אזי הדיבור מבקש ומתחנן מהנפש לבל תיפרד ממנו. So what happens when I let myself speak those words from an inner place and really take it into myself? So then that speech, those words that I'm saying, that my soul is saying, they beg and they demand, they request from, from my nefesh, from my soul, don't leave me. You spoke me from your insides. I don't want you to just, I don't want to just dissipate into the, into the ether. I said a, a, a word of tefillah with, with true connection. It came from truly, I put myself into those words. I don't want to lose it. The word is begging of my soul, don't let go of me. I've birthed something in my own consciousness and it's asking, no, don't let it go. Don't let go. And immediately as the first letter comes out, like the letter bet from the word Baruch, so the letter, the bet that I've spoken from my soul, that my soul has, has said, it's begging from the soul, don't leave me, don't let go of me. How can you possibly let, let me go? We're so connected to one another. There's such deep love and bond between us. Between the letter and the soul. Between what I'm saying and where it's coming from within me. It's a it's a point of dvekut of connection. Benachman is giving voice to the letters that we speak from 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 a from a deep place when we're when we're davening in a in a way of connection. You see my my the preciousness of my beauty, my my light, my glory, my. <laughs> other synonyms for this. How can you disconnect yourself from me and just separate yourself from me? Before we try to, I mean, before we try to understand more deeply and, and read more from Rabbi Nachman saying, have you ever been davening and you feel something in your davening and you wish that it would last? You don't want it to end? You don't have to say yes. But if you have a, a, a powerful experience of prayer and it's like, here I am, I don't want to go anywhere else. I just want to say hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't want to go to the next word. Rabbi Nachman, you're saying you, if you say one letter from a place of, 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 of connection and, and kavanah in this way, you don't want to go to the next one. If I'm davening in a way like walking through a field and just stand before one gorgeous flower and just stay there and feel how pleasant it is to be in that presence of that beauty, I don't need anything else. And if you were telling me, no, just grab that one and go to the next one, like, no, you ruined it. I don't want to move on. So Rabbi Nachman is saying it from the other end. Rabbi Nachman is saying, what's happening is, is that letter is begging you. Don't let go of me. Don't you feel how, how close we are? Don't you see how beautiful this is? Why would you go anywhere else? Why would you let me just... Why would we allow ourselves to say, okay, I dove into that already. Get out of here. Which is what we do when we pummel through the, the tefillah. Get out of here. Get out of here. It's like, copy, cut, delete, copy, cut, delete, copy, cut, delete. <laughs> we erase all the words as we, as we move through them. Rabbi Nachman describing here, what would it look like to not, to not let go of the words that you said before? He's saying it on even a microscope, to a, le- a single letter. It's a little scary to even imagine. What would it be like to just... 
give that much attention to what I'm doing that I could just actually, for a moment, appreciate being with one letter. Actually, for a moment, have a nefesh, have my 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 being, my entire awareness and 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 visceral sense of being here suffused with with one sound. So let's let's look what he says. The truth is, you have to keep on going. It's true. You have to keep walking. You have to go collect more beautiful and desirous skulot. There's more medicine for you. There's more tefillah for you. But how the letter is asking me? How can you? Separate yourself from me and forget me. How can you forget about me? We had such a special bond. We had that moment. How could you let go? Mm. So, so he's continuing to speak on behalf of the flower, on behalf of the letter. At the very least, I know you have to go on. But at the very least... Make sure that everywhere you go, wherever you go from here, that you won't forget me. That you won't really let me go. It means the points of connection that we, when, when, when we put ourselves into tefillah, when we are attaching ourselves to what we're, what we're doing, Allow that experience to stay with you even as you move on to the to the next piece. String together this moment to the next one. This bouquet of flowers to the next you're picking new flowers. But don't don't drop the other ones. Keep them somewhere with you. Keep them with you. Put it into the pal. Bichlal, when we dive in. We haven't gotten to a point yet of like really looking at this through the through the the text of the city, but it it, it's, it feels like we're walking into like twenty different rooms, like one after the next. It's like you say this, you say that, you say this, you say that, you say this, you say that. Psukit Zimra, it's like it's a total. It feels totally chaotic. Bukhshamar, Yikavod. What is even Yikavod? It's like psukit from all different books. Ashrei, Hallelujah. It's okay. That's one part of Tehillim. Bayrach David, Shiratayam, Yishtabach. Like what? But but there is a method to the madness. Like there is a structure to what's going on in our in Pesukei Zimra in Kriyat Shema. And Kriyat Shema is coming after Pesukei Zimra. In Amida coming after Kriyat Shema. In the Brachot of Amida Vavot to Gvuro to Kedusha to Chonin Adad. So there are threads, and there's a path that's that we're engaging in a structural path. But we don't experience it that way. We just okay. Said this, and now I'm saying this, and now I'm saying that, and now I'm saying that. And what time we finish? And what time? We, and, and all that within what time we finish? But yeah. So that's on a level of of you know text and words, let's say. But and then on the level of experience here, I'm saying let yourself really engage. And when you really engage, bring yourself along to the next step. Don't leave yourself behind. Don't leave a point of connectivity to something that was and happened and, I'm, and it's gone. No, let the next parts of tefillah build on, on what was. Bring, bring all of what you've been through till now into the next word, into the next letter. That's the problem with, that I have with, with yeah. sometimes, is that you, know, you want to say it the way we're describing, but they're going, sure. and you're like, Left field. It's really difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. really difficult. Unless you have a minion that goes follow. So, to, to just expand on that difficulty, right. most Hasidic rabbis traditionally daven separately from the Hasidim. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. You have a little room next to the shul with a window, so they hear what's going on, but they're doing their own thing. Hmm? I believe it. And you know what? It doesn't start there. The Gemara, the Gemara says that when Rabbi Akiva would daven with Zibor, he would say the brachot and he would he would stay with people. And then when he didn't daven, he would start on one end of the room and end on the other end of the room. When he didn't daven with the minion, when he was by himself, he would start to feel in this corner and end up on the other side of the hall. Why, why can't you do that without a minion? 
It's not because he was walking around saying Asher. They say because of Kodal he shtachavayot. He was just prostrating himself over and over and over again. He was prostrating himself over and over again. But that doesn't fit into what you what people do at Shul. The Alter Rebbe, the Alter Rebbe put had it, had the, they had to put pads around the walls of, of the room that his that he davened in because he would ram into the wall. So, so you have, thank God, there are Batei Midrash where people are allowed to be crazy. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm being serious. But if you don't want to be crazy, there's one allowed. So first of all, I don't know if Rabbi Akiva had control over himself. Second of all, I, I believe what the Gemara is saying is that he bowed at every bracha. I believe that's what they're saying. And this, it's broad, halacha. Some, there's actually an opinion that you should bow every time you say baruch, the halacha. It's not the, it's not the conventional halacha. A king is supposed to bow every time they say baruch. When a king davens, a king bows at every bracha. When Rabbi Akiva davened by himself, he'd start in one corner and end in the next one because he was prostrating himself over and over and over again. Let's, let's note that. Question. Colon. Practicality. Question mark. To each his or her own. Figure it out. <laughs> even more so, so this is one letter, even more so when you say an entire word. So what happens, by the way, when you let yourself really take in each letter? You do finish. You move. You continue to move. You don't finish. You bring it forward. You're in a meditative state. And and the word, as you're saying, ba, and you're just, that is all that there's there. And then you somehow get to the point where you're ready for the next letter, which you'll just know on your own. And you say, Rish is all that's there. And you keep going. So, like I said before, there isn't meaning to those. There's no word with a meaning, with conceptual meaning in, in, a, in an intellectual. But when you finish Baruch, or as you reach to the end of that, you finally get a word. And then there's a whole other thing that kind of, ah, Baruch. Right? I walked with all the pieces. And now I'm at Baruch. And now I really don't want to go anywhere. So he says, how much more so when the whole letter, the whole word is going to ask you, don't leave me. Don't leave me. And it's petting you and it's hugging you. And she, this word, she's not letting you go anywhere. Uh, just have to say, because this, this Torah is... About Boaz and Ruth. This is this is this is what Ruth said to Naomi. Wherever you go, I'm with you. Wherever you sleep, I sleep. I'm with you. Don't you can't go anywhere without me. This is what the words and the letters are 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 telling us when we're uh, when we're uh, when we're saying them as they are in a way that allows them to to really unfurl their their fullness. And the truth is, and you can hear like every Nachman's the pain in here. You, the truth is, you need to say more things. There's a lot more brachas or some things and inyanim you have to do till the end of davening. So, by the way, you remember we saw the the, the Gemara. The Gemara says that the Chasidim Mishonim would daven for nine hours every day. Because that's about how long it would take to, to, to daven in this way. Shachri min chamari. Three hours of tefillah. Then you'd have enough time, right? But not 40 minutes. So therefore, the, the klal, the principle here, the fundamental idea here, is that we need to make one, the entire tefillah. We need to make to make our tefillot one. Make our the entire tefillah one. What does that look like? Every word that I'm saying, everything that I'm I'm I'm, I'm bringing out from me. In every new word that comes from me, every new letter and sound and and and, and turning of my soul that comes out. 
All of the all of the things that preceded it are there too. All the words I said until now are there in this next word too. Because how could I go? I do have to keep going forward, right? I do have to keep going forward. But when I say sh- the word shalom and the mem of shalom, can I still have the bet of baruch there? Can I thread my tefillah together as one? Can I allow myself to not have the moments be left behind, but to bring the experience of each moment into the next one? Keep the bouquets with me. I'm maybe not staring them at the face when I'm further on, but can I keep them keep them close? Can my tefillah become a single entity? This is me. This is me connecting with my soul and with my creator. Is this how the season of antiquity used to uh, daven? The only thing that we're told about how they used to daven was that they would m- meditate for an hour before and for an hour after and take three hours each time they davened. That's what we're told. We're not told more detail. It sounds like that's the way it is. It sounds like it, it may be. I know Arya Kaplan, in one of his books, he did a calculation of, based on that, if the Amida itself takes an hour, how many seconds it would take for each letter or each word. He did some calculation like that. But but what happens that if you, if you really give the space, so it, it opens something for you. It opens something for you. And, and Rabbi Nachman is, is really like, he's... He's dancing with that tension. It's like, oh, yeah, it's beautiful, but but I need to go on. Why do I need to? Because <laughs> I need to. Because there's a Seder Hatfila. Because there's a Seder Hatfila. Which really, on some bigger level, has to do with the way that my individual avoda interacts with the, the world, with other people, with community, with society, but but on a deeper level, with, with, with Tikkun Olamot. I'm not here just to bliss out I'm here to bliss out and bring some of that bliss to the betterment of of the reality that that exists beyond the, the confines of myself so there's this there's this tension and this this push and this pull I need to really do it I need to really be in in my experience and there's something that's urging me forward there's something that's urging me forward on one level, you could say that that's communal responsibility, but on a deeper level, what's urging me forward is that the, the, the tefillah itself is urging me forward. There is where to go here. There is a movement. If we saw in Rav Cook's description, he talks about uh, all of it was this this imagery of, of a stream, of a brook, of movement. Rabbi Nachman is talking about walking through a field. We call it tefillah tamida. Go figure that one out. But 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 uh, internally there's a zrima, there's a, a flow, a streaming that we're tapping into, and that needs to also be propelled forward. But be propelled forward in a way that doesn't abandon where we've been, because because otherwise, and this is I think on some level what what Rabbi Nachman is teaching here too is. The avoda here is not to... Tefillah is a place for me to not exist in a splintered reality. It's a place to, for me to unify my reality. Lasot mikola tefillah echad. To not abandon the part of myself that was that was expressed and that kind of came out just a moment ago. So, oh great! You're here, great. Let's keep going. Let's go to the. Let's come together to the next piece and see what else can come up. Oh, let's see what else can come up. And keep coming, but but, but to, there's like a process of, of flowering, of like we ourselves are flowering here, and then to, to bring those flowers forward and to, to to make space for more. The tefillah we have eighteen brachot. Chai chai the tefillah. There's eighteen brachot. Tefillah itself is, is in a sense, it's a, it's like a life capsule. It's like, go be in life for a few minutes. And let life kind of burst out and emerge there. We get to encounter life in a, in a 
in a more immediate internal way when we're davening. And then so 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 once once life is is coming to the fore, don't leave it behind. Don't leave it behind. Bring it with you. Let it birth the next piece. And from the beginning of Tfilah to the end, to let it all become one. This is an avoda. This is an avoda. He says, this is the avoda. When I'm at the final words of Tfilah, I'm still standing at the beginning of Tfilah. Rabbi Nassim says so beautifully in, in the Kutei Alechos, Rabbi Nassim says in, in, when Chazal talks about a shliach tzibor, what a shliach tzibor does is, is over lifnei hateva. Or yored lifnei hateva. Shliach tzibor passes and goes to descend before the teva. Now you say they're standing in front of a bima, right? That's what it means. But he's, Rabbi Nassim says, no, you're standing before the letter. You said all the words and you're continuously still at the point you were before you even began to speak. You're still at the with at the beginning point of Tila before you even said the words. You're over Lifnei Hatefa. Before the words you even you ever spoke. As as much as you go on on Tfila, you're still at the very beginning. I skipped a line. Because if you hold on to the beginning when you're continuing forward until the end, <clears throat> you can you you can you can daven the entirety of tefillah and even so to not let go of the very first letter. Now, really, to to gain any understanding in this, we'd have to learn the entire Torah here. We'd have to daven about it and 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 relearn it and look up all the mukharas like for for months. We're not going to do that now. You can do that. Um, so, so Chaval, we're taking a small slice. But one thing, I'm going to try to kind of bring this into a... I, I think maybe Nachman's words speak for themselves. I really do. Um, but I want to say like another, another piece of this that it speaks to me is, what is the difference between... It's a beautiful uh, Amira I heard in the name of Rav I heard Rosalvechik say the problem is not that people don't want to daven, it's that they want to have davened. <laughs> we all want to have davened. What is the difference between davening and having davened? But you had the bouquet, gave it to the person. Yeah. And here, what's being described? <laughs> right. Here's a bouquet. Happy Valentine's, honey. Happy anniversary. Honey. I'll get you next year, also. I got you flowers. What do you mean? What do you mean? Of course, I love you. Okay, just put that aside. Part of what, what Rabbi Nachman and the Baal Shem Tov really are, are, are teaching us is when I'm cherishing letters, when I'm interacting with where I am, what I'm, what I'm in as I'm doing it. So the tefillah is, part of what I'm doing is experiencing that I am davening, not the davening. It's not this like conceptual thing. It's just I'm, I'm kind of at the wow of just being immersed in in the wonder of this experience. I'm just I'm just making sound and 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 being in that and 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 that already opens up that so hard that opens the window to experiencing something not only out of my ordinary, but it makes space for my soul. It makes space because what is my soul? My soul is God. You're pumping. You're pumping this whole thing. It's not based on what I understand or what I know or what I thought or what I did yesterday. Or what I have to do today and finish you. I'm just experiencing the wonder of of being alive right now through this interaction. Tefillah opens up an interactive space for me to experience that direct contact with the life that God is is pumping through through my being. So 
in a sense, it's like I'm Omed it's like I'm not even concerned about what I'm gonna say. I'm experiencing the very wonder and ability to even say it, to even be. Yeah, I, I, for those of you who are parents, maybe you don't relate to this, or younger siblings or whatnot. I remember a point with 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 both of both of both of our, our daughters that they'd be sitting in the like bobby chair and just be like watching their hand move and like with wide eyes and like and just like bewildered it's like that moment of realization I can move my hand that moment of being blown blown away that I I do this And, and, and again, the, the words of tefillah are, think about Birkot HaShachar. What is Birkot HaShachar? That is what Birkot HaShachar is. Not only is it morning, something in me knows that it's morning. Whoa. Vision. Matir Asurim. Whoa. Movement. I really, you know, take the time to experience that with your body when you're doing it. Roka Haaretz Alamayim. Yeah. All these things, you know, it's... So now, Rabbi Nachman, we can say, you can take, you take, you know, hours upon hours to do this, but you could also just... Like the like the Aruch says, Im Im Whether a lot, whether a little, Vayikar Shichaven Libo Leshamayim. The Ipar is that your heart is, 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 is paying attention to the right things. That's the tefillah. Tefillah is pointing our hearts to the right things. And the Rebbe's are teaching us how to pay more attention. I know there was more I wanted to bring here, and we're kind of out of time. Let me just see if there's something very brief to, to touch. We're always and never out of time. So I'll bring one more. I'll bring one more. One more piece. I'll bring one more piece. That Rabbi Nachman. I'll bring one more piece in the uh, in the Torah Shabbal Peh of Breslov when Rabbi Nachman taught this Torah. Ten to seven. When Rabbi Nachman taught this Torah, it's always ten to seven. We're always an hour and a half before Shachri. When Rabbi Nachman taught this Torah, he said that right. He says at the end that the that's the Tachlit is for. For it to be kulo echad, for the whole Torah, for all for all to be one. Now this is really later in the Torah. He speaks much more about the tachlit, about this connected to a process of of experiencing kulo echad, kulo tov, a reality that is completely united with God, a reality that is completely suffused with goodness. Learn more in Torah Samachai. But Rabbi Nachman taught there, he said that echad, right? We said that tefillah has to be echad. He said echad is Rashi Tevot, Divrei Lohim Chaim. Divrei Lohim Chaim. Echad. Which, to come back to some of the things that we've been talking about, the uh, Hakdamot we've had before this year, we talked about Tfilah being a, being Tfilah itself being a divine expression. That that which is coming through me, it's not that me as a separate little little dude is, is calling out to the to the great infinite beyond. But that, that which is expressing itself through me in prayer is also God. It is Divrei Elohim Chaim. My words are carrying living words, living divine words. Right? For the tefillah to be kulo echad in this way, I'm clearing out those kind of structures and, and concepts that I've kind of superimposed on the tefillah and on the experience and on my myself and what I'm doing here, not only in this moment but what I'm doing here, and I'm I'm experiencing life in a in a in a different way, and what comes through that is a divrelim chayim. God is speaking in the here and now. The living words of God, and as we said, and and here we'll end that in Parshat Ekev, that pasuk that, that Rabbi Nachman says that the the tachli the ikar tachli is for Tfila and Elokut to be one thing. Because it says, elokecha. So the last words before that, that Pasuk are, uh, 
attach yourself to God from that place of attachment what comes out is it's a it's a a godly revelation a godly expression that comes through that little little pocket of God's reality that is me that is me Wishing us beautiful, beautiful flowers. Many of these recordings are from Rabbi Ami's ongoing weekly classes given at Yeshivat Sharei Shalom in Jerusalem. For more information, go to shalom.org.il forward slash about. This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Rav Daniel Kohn. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.